0: Welcome to Lab I 68 podcast. This podcast is for women of faith who want to get their restless behinds out of the pews and into the battlefield for the kingdom of God. We are here to equip and encourage you to put your faith into action in every area of your life and to really claim the name of kingdom builder. My name is Leah Rempel and I am joining you in the messy middle of a surrendered faith. Thank you everybody for tuning in to this episode of lab by 68, but for launch week, we had such a good launch week. There was three amazing episodes with my new friends, Rosie, Lauren, and Becca. I would highly encourage you to go and listen to those episodes, but have you been joining in on the lab by 68 challenge? I would encourage you not only to participate in the challenges, but to also follow the lab by 68 challenge hashtag and the lab by 68 hashtag so that we can keep in touch with our growing community and then just really encourage one another. We really want this to be a place where we are spurring one another into action. So stay tuned until the end of the episode for this week's lab by 68 challenge that you can participate in on social media. My guest today calls herself a planner addict. She wears many, many hats She's an ordained minister with the Assemblies of God and is on the pastoral staff at the Refuge OC in Orange, California. She also serves as a support and resource to female ministers. She's a speaker, podcaster on the Better Pastors podcast and is currently working on her first book. Addicted to planning, she relies on her many organizational methods to keep her going and loves to share her tips and tricks on her YouTube channel in her spare time. She and her husband Jason has been married for 21 years and they live in San Pedro, California, along with their two young adult sons and teenage daughter. Please welcome to the show, Nikki Stayed. When I asked Nikki to come on the show, I had one thing in mind. I wanted her to answer the question of why. Why do we feel like we don't have time to do the things that really matter, especially if we are followers of Christ? Then how do we figure out an action plan that intentionally allows for kingdom building? And you guys, she delivered Nikki gives us very practical tips and strategies that will help even the most stuck and frustrated anti-planners, and I honestly cannot wait for you to hear this show, because I think that you are definitely going to take something very practical away from this. Please welcome to the show, Nikki Staid. Nikki, thank you so much for being here on Lab I-68 podcast. I'm just so honored that you're here to talk to us a little bit about time management and just really being able to have a plan when it comes to being a kingdom builder and making time for it. So just thank you so much for being here. Leah, thank you so much for
1: having me on. It's it's an honor to be invited on as a guest and especially about a topic that I'm super pumped about. This is one of my big passions in life. I have many, but this is a big one, is helping people be more productive and kind of stay on task to follow their purpose. So mm-hmm. thank you.
0: Oh, you're so welcome. Okay. So if you could tell us just a little bit about yourself, where you are recording from right now, uh, what does life look like for you tonight? What are your roles in life? I know that's very, lots of questions in there, but if you just give us a little bit about yourself, that would be great. Sure. Yeah. So one of the reasons why I'm so passionate about this particular topic is
1: because of the simple fact that I serve in many roles and wear many hats mm. and there's no way that I can keep everything together yeah. if I somewhat organized with how I manage time and planning and stuff like that. But uh, first and foremost, I have three kids and I have been married for over 20 years and we live in Southern California where it's actually not super sunny today, despite (laughs) common beliefs. It is a little cloudy on occasion here. So, but anyway, yeah. So I'm a pastor first and foremost, that is my main role as far as career and calling goes. And I'm on staff at a church But in addition to that, I serve a lot of different kind of parachurch organizations, and I do little things for each of them, but they all have many different titles and each one comes with a different email address, which can Mm. get a little confusing, but they pretty much all have the same purpose. And that's to first and foremost, help people follow Christ well, Mm. and then to follow their calling and to do that well. And so that's really my I've tried to make sure that all of the little kind of side jobs that I've picked up fall under that same umbrella because then it's not hard when you know it sounds like, yeah, you have six titles. That must be overwhelming, but they all pretty much the same thing just for different teams. And so, Mm. yeah. So some of that is doing social media for different ministries and some of that is co-hosting podcasts where I get to have conversations with some great pastors about how they got involved in ministry. And then I also have my own website and blog. And I am starting
0: to try to format what it might look like to write my first book. So um, I'm really excited. Oh, that's so awesome. I have a kind of a sidetrack question. I live in Canada. And so we do not have a lot of, (laughs) we don't have a lot of celebrity sightings. And you live in California, where I feel like my idea of someone living in California is that you're going to see someone like every day. So can you tell us, have you ever seen anybody really cool that you could tell us about? So funny. So <laughs> I actually, believe it or
1: not, do not see a lot of celebrities okay. just out and about. And that is mostly because they look a lot different in real life than they do on TV. Like when you don't see all the makeup and the airbrushing and they actually look a real human, it's really easy yeah. to just walk by and not even notice, which bless them for that. They deserve all the privacy they can get. But where I specifically live, I live in San Pedro, which is down by the Los Angeles Harbor. There's a lot of filming that goes on here. So there's a lot of really famous award-winning films and TV shows where we'll be watching them as a family and we'll be like, oh my gosh, that's the park just down the street. Or, oh my gosh, I know exactly where that grocery store is. And so that's always really fun, especially when you're in the movie theater and you're like, that's practically in my backyard. So that's always a
0: good time. Oh, that's awesome. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) All right. So we're talking about really having a plan um, and dealing with time management. So I'm just curious, what kind of got you started on that path to being super intentional about having a plan?
1: Oh, that's a really good question. So early on, I was really young. I was in my twenties, and I was—I had three little kids, and I was trying to homeschool them, and I was trying to work full time, and I, you know, was just trying to do all of these things, including I was running a Bible study, and I was just super busy and things were just falling through the cracks. And I was like, how do people do this? Like, There's got to be a better way Mm -hmm. than just trying to remember everything and have a million post-it notes everywhere and all of that. And so that really, I want to say probably 2006, maybe 2007, I really started sitting down and being like I've got to figure something out. And I've kind of always been obsessed with school supplies. I don't know if you were that way Leah, but that was my favorite part. Like shopping for clothes was okay, but I got real excited to shop for new pens, 100%. pencils, and you know, I grew up in the era of the Trapper Keeper and there's nothing like the sound of that Velcro opening up. Oh my <laughs> gosh. And the click <laughs> of the binder rings. And it just always got me so excited every fall. And so for me, it was, I just need to figure out something that is going to work for me. I'm not a business owner. I'm not an entrepreneur. I'm not a CEO, but there's got to be something out there for me that that can help. And I just started finding planners like day timers, philofax things, you know, things like that and mm-hmm. I was like I'm going to rip out this section because it doesn't apply and I'm going to put this in because this is going to help me and it just I just needed something that kind of would act as a second brain if that makes sense and really that was the catalyst was just everything was like falling through the cracks and I was so afraid of letting people down that I needed to put it all I needed to put it all down on paper because I tried putting it in my phone and this was back before iCloud would back up your stuff and my phone broke and I lost Mm -hmm. it all. And I had like a mini panic attack because I was like, I don't remember what anything was. I was relying on my calendar (laughs) and I have no idea what I lost. And so I just started putting it all on paper and now I have figured out a really great system of doing both because of iCloud. Thank yes. the Lord for technology and its advancements. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: Totally. Totally. No, I am I definitely resonate with what you said. I remember my mom was a teacher for 30 some years. And so we would always have like a big shopping trip to Staples or something like that. And mm-hmm. oh man, I, I I would dream about the same things. Seriously. Just <laughs> being able to touch all the paper. And, like, I'm gonna be so organized this year and then Oh yeah, you know. A month into it, not so much, but... Of course, of course. Because what you're really buying is potential. Really, that's what you're doing. You're shopping for potential. Yeah, (laughs) I love that. Okay, so what do you think really leads us to feeling burnt out and overwhelmed? Because I feel like I've talked to so many people who are just feeling burdened with their time and all these responsibilities. They don't know how to be available to be a participant in the kingdom where we're really putting our faith into action. That's what we really, you know, the the whole goal of this podcast is to get people out into the field, right? But I think that everybody just feels so burnt out and overwhelmed, and then that stops us from even getting started. So what do you think that is? Why do you think that we feel so burnt out all the time?
1: Well, I think a lot of it has to do with how we manage and perceive other people's expectations that Mm -hmm. are placed on ourselves. I think especially as women, we can get caught in a people-pleasing machine and everything that we do is because this person needs me to do it or this person will be let down if I don't do it. Mm -hmm. And we forget that God has placed a call on our lives. And he has given us tasks that we need to do. And so often we push those aside and we put those on the back burner because we don't want to let other people down. Mm -hmm. And what we're doing is we're prioritizing their expectations on us over our father's expectations on us. Mm -hmm. And we need to learn to flip that script around and prioritize what the Lord is asking for us to do with our lives. You only get one life, right? And Mm -hmm. there's so many opportunities. And in the Western culture, it's so easy to fall into the, I'm going to be a goal setter. I'm going to go out there and get the stuff done. And, you know, it's all about what I want. And, and, and it's very easy to forget that we have a purpose and that we have a goal that the Lord has placed in our paths, because that is what we're supposed to do is build his kingdom. Mm -hmm. Right. But we get so sidetracked with building our own kingdoms that we forget. And when our priorities get mixed up, that's when we get really overwhelmed. Um if I could share a story with you yeah, there is. was there was a time in my life where I had that exact feeling where I just felt like I don't know how to do all of this it's all stuff that's urgent it's all stuff that's important mm-hmm. but I don't know if I have the capacity to do this and I went away to a retreat and I literally remember driving to this retreat where I and I told the lord I said listen I don't know a single person at this retreat I just need to come and meet with you. I need you to tell me what I should and should not be doing. And during the whole retreat, I just felt this pressing to make a list of everything that I do, Mm. everything that I do, every role from mom, wife, daughter, all of those roles. And then my job, all of the tasks and responsibilities that I have for that, all of the things that I do for my kids, all of the things that I do for my home, all of my hobbies, all of my friends. I sat down over that weekend. It was a three-day retreat and I wrote out every single thing. I think it was like three or four pages of like just roles wow. and duties and tasks that I felt responsible for. And then I remember sitting there going, oh, Well, it felt better to have everything written out, you know, but I asked the Lord, okay, well, what do I do with this now? Because this doesn't solve anything. In fact, I kind of feel a little bit more overwhelmed because I see it all on paper. But my question now is, what do I do with this? And he told me to pray over each individual one. And I did that over the weekend. I prayed over each individual role. And I just asked the Lord, is this something that you want me to do? Is this something that you want me to let go of? And I didn't move on to the next thing until I heard a firm yes or no in my spirit. Mm. And eventually, by the end of that weekend, I had dropped at least a third of those things. Obviously, I can't drop being a wife or a mother or you know, certain yeah. duties around the house or certain duties at my job. But there are other little things that I could let go of. And I just walked away from that retreat feeling such a huge burden had been lifted off of my shoulders because now I had some clarity that all of these things that I was doing, most of them were because I I thought other people wanted me to do them, but God had never asked me to do them. And when I was able to let those go, like a lot of the reason why I held on to things was because I was like, well, nobody else is going to step in and do this. And I can't just let it fall. But God said, Nikki, you might be in the way. Mm -hmm. I have uh, somebody else waiting in the wings who is feeling called and is feeling like maybe they want to take on this, but you're already doing it. So they don't see where there's a place for them. And so if you would just let this go and trust me, then I believe that you will see how I work. And sure enough, these things that I let go, nothing exploded the world didn't end yeah. in fact god raised people up and placed people in those positions and i believed a lie that it was all up to me and mm-hmm. it really isn't it's it's all because of him he has all of these working pieces that he's working and when we believe the lie that we have to hold on to all of this and we have to control all of this and there's no way that if you know if we let this go the whole world is going to end that's just not true because The world doesn't revolve around us, right? This is all the Lord's plan, and we just need to do our part. When we overstep our boundaries, we tend to get overwhelmed, and it's probably because we're doing someone else's part. And we just need to take a step back and say, wait a second, that that's not for me. That's for somebody else. And if that is important to the Lord, he's going to make sure that it keeps going even after I let it go. And that was such a life-changing weekend for me. And I've tried to keep everything that I do in that lens of, okay, Lord, is this something that you want me to do even for a short season or for a long-term, or is this something that's meant for somebody else? I can safely let it go. And so I try to keep all of that in mind. Every time I reach overwhelm, I sit there and go, okay, is this supposed to be mine? Is this something I'm supposed to be holding on to, or am I supposed to let it go because somebody else is meant to come in and pick it up?
0: Totally. And I I was thinking as you were talking, just... That wanting to have control, the Lord has really been convicting me of that in my own life. How much am I wanting to have control versus how much do I want to see him move on his own terms? And I think you just put it so beautifully that a lot of times there is somebody else who is needing to step in and do what he has called them to do on his own timing for them. We're all part of a bigger picture. So I think that you you really have answered a lot of this already, but I want to go even a little bit more down this path of being a kingdom builder. And how do we as a culture get ourselves in a position where we feel like we don't have time to be kingdom builders? And how does our foundation need to be re- reorientated then? Do you have any yeah, thoughts on that? Yeah, that's good. Well,
1: Yeah. So a little earlier, I had mentioned how sometimes we can get caught in this trap of being goal getters, right? Mm -hmm. And it really is a mania of sort. I mean, I love watching YouTube and listening to podcasts of productivity videos or productivity hacks and all of those things. And really, it can be so easy to fall into this thinking of, in order to do everything that I need to do, I need to be a goal-getter. Yeah. But really, we need to remember that that's we're not called to be goal-getters. We're called to be soul-getters. Mm. We're called to go out and to share the gospel. And so everything that we do should be filtered through that lens of not how is this going to help me meet my goals, but how is this going to help me reach more souls, mm. right? So we need to make sure that whatever it is that we're doing, and that doesn't mean you have to be in vocational ministry to be a soul getter. You could be a substitute teacher. You could be a foster mom. You could be an entrepreneur. You could be a gym owner. It doesn't matter that you you don't have to have pastor in front of your name, but what are you doing with your life that is showing Jesus in real time and is really being a tool to help other people see that they have a purpose, they have something in their lives. That is really necessary. And how can they do that through Jesus? Right?
0: Totally. I love that you said that because I've struggled with this. Like, how can I be a kingdom builder in every area of my life where you said, I don't have to be in vocational ministry. I feel like maybe I'm being led that way at the moment. But I know that it's not for everybody. Not everybody can drop their regular jobs and go into ministry, mm-hmm. right? So, yeah, I think I really think that's really important that you said that because there are so many people that feel stuck because their whole life isn't dedicated to, you know, being out in the field. So we have to almost mm-hmm. make every part of our life part of the field. In right, you
1: know, where well, we are already. Jesus- Was a carpenter, right? Mm -hmm. He I don't believe that he stopped being a carpenter and then became Jesus. I think he was Jesus the whole time, even when he was running his father's carpentry shop. I believe that we can be in a secular work environment and yet share the light. In fact, I think that is almost better than being Mm -hmm. holed up in a church building surrounded only by other believers. We're gonna be more effective when we're out in the world sharing the gospel, right? That's really the whole goal if everybody stopped what they were doing to become pastors, we would be in a heap of trouble. Yes. <laughs> and I can say that as a pastor. So yeah, that's right. really, what we, we need more people who can go out into the field and share the love and share the light in dark places, right? Mm-hmm. If we're all trying to huddle into places that already have light, we're not being effective. Absolutely. So I, it's so important that we learn and that we filter whatever we do through that lens. So it may be urgent, but is it important? Mm-hmm. Really, how much of a priority is it? It could be urgent, it could be if I don't get this paper turned in or if I don't get those dishes done or if I don't get, you know, this report to my boss, th- then there's going to be consequences. But maybe the important thing to do right now is to stop and put all of that on the back burner and have that conversation with your hurting friend or your yes. hurting neighbor. There are so many times where people feel forgotten, they feel invisible because we are all on a rush to get to the next thing and Mm -hmm. to do the next thing and to scratch the next thing off of our to-do list. But if you look at Jesus's entire ministry, most of his miracles happened during times of interruption. When he was on his way to heal somebody, he would stop and heal others, or he would pray for others, right? So if you think about all of the times where Jesus did amazing things, it was usually because he was on his way somewhere else but he stopped and he saw the one person who had a need. And Mm -hmm. if we continue with, well, this is urgent. I have to get this done. We're going to bypass so many things that are way more important. And this is coming from a woman who is very task oriented. Mm -hmm. I struggle in this area to put relationships over tasks because it feels good to get things done and to knock things off of your to-do list. But the problem is that to-do list, never ends. Yeah. You get to the end of the day and you're like, Ooh, I accomplished all of this stuff. Ooh, but I could have done this, or I could have done one more thing, or I have all these things I have to do tomorrow. And then we completely overlook our neighbor, our family, our children, people in our lives that need us because we're so task oriented. And so that's an area that I haven't gotten perfect yet, but I'm Mm -hmm. working on it. Mm -hmm. And I feel like we just need to model our lives after Jesus in every way, including how we prioritize our time.
0: Totally. I love that you said that. I think for me, I had to really start to understand, okay, what is important to me what are going to be the foundations of our family or the way that we live, that we've lived our lives where, you know, when the situation comes up, then I will know this is actually what's important to me and I need to make time for it kind of no matter what else is going on. So I'm so, mm-hmm. so glad that you said that. So we're going to yeah. go a little bit more into the, the planning section of this. And I really would love to hear a lot of your strategy and how you got to those places But before that, I just want to know, what do you think drives our decision-making and how we spend our time?
1: Well, again, it goes back to that. How do you prioritize things that come up? You know, If you're constantly putting the urgent over the important, you're going to be on the hamster wheel. You're just never going to be able to get off. And really, Mm -hmm. we need to sit down, like you said, and we need to think about what's important to us. That's so great. I remember reading um, Lisa Turkhurst wrote a book called The Best Yes, and it was such a transformative time in my life to read through that book and understand. And she said something along the lines, and I'm totally going to butcher the quote, but it's basically that every time you say yes to something, you're saying no to something else. And so if you don't have that priority in your mind of what is most important, then every time there's urgent, never stops. There's always going to be urgent. There's always going to be something where you, you know, you're, you're on a deadline for work. And all of a sudden your daughter comes to you and says, mom, I forgot. I have this science report due tomorrow. And I have to go to target. And you're just like stuck now. What do you do? Mm -hmm. Right. And so you have urgent, you have important. Well, okay. Depending on where you're at in your life, what is going to be the best scenario for you in that situation? Do you stop the urgency of your report that's due at work and spend time with your daughter helping her with her report? Or do you have somebody that you can delegate something to, right? Maybe if you're married, can your husband take your daughter to Target? I know that kind of freaks some of us out sometimes, <laughs> but I fully believe that men are capable and able yes. to go grocery shopping and do these things without us. And so can if you're married, can your husband take your daughter to get that stuff and help her with the project while you focus on your work report? Mm-hmm. Or is there somebody at work that you can text and say, hey, I just need you to do a couple slides in this presentation if because I have to stop and take my daughter. She needs help and she's my priority right now. And it's not going to be the same for every person. So mm-hmm. so they're both important They they, or they're, and they're both urgent, but what is it in your life, in your frame in that moment, right? And that's yeah. not to say that you're always going to make the same decision. Maybe you make one decision to delegate your work and prioritize your daughter that moment. But then a week from now, when you're faced with the same dilemma, you swap it around. That doesn't mean you're a bad mom. It doesn't mean you're a bad employee or a bad supervisor. It just is, you have to prioritize that. Urgent and important do not equal the same thing.
0: Yes. Okay. That is so good because my next question was, how do we find the balance between having a plan and putting it all in his hands? And I feel like maybe some people are a little intimidated by the plan because they're afraid of being legalistic, right? Mm -hmm. They're afraid of like, well, if I do it this way this time, then I have to continue to do it this way for the rest of eternity. I don't have yeah. to be like that at all. So, what would you say would be some ways that we can find the balance between having a plan but then also just being really receptive to his leading?
1: Yeah. So, Early on, when I really started to structure my life a little bit more, I was a slave to the structure and I was like, if I wrote it down, then it has to be that way. If, if I put this down in my planner or if I put this in my calendar, then nothing can stop it. Well, again, going back to Jesus life has a way of finding ways to interrupt us, right? And we have to decide in that moment, is this something that I need to stop and focus on right now? Or do I really need to stick with the plan? Mm -hmm. And I think the key to that is remembering that the plan is there to serve you, right? Mm -hmm. Whether you've put everything in a task list or you have put everything in a calendar or you have post-it notes everywhere, whatever is most efficient for you to keep things together, that's there to serve you, and help you follow along what it is that God is calling you to do. It's not the other way around. Just because you put it down in Sharpie and permanent ink doesn't mean that you have to stick with that. You can use whiteout. You can change it. It's going to be fine. Mm -hmm. And I think that's just finding that balance there. It can be tough, but it's all experimental. It's through trial and error. You're going to find some days where you make the wrong decision, and you're like, ooh, I picked the wrong one this time. That Mm -hmm. was a big mistake, you know, but it's okay. You Mm -hmm. just do it differently the next time. But really, I think that's a trap that we can easily fall into, especially when we're just getting started with really trying to find that structure is we think, okay, this is the way it's going to be. And if I don't do it this way, then I'm a big fat failure. But that's not true. It's a tool. It's meant to serve you. It's not the other way around. And so if we can keep that in mind, then we're going to do a lot better at remembering what is more important to us over what is not so important.
0: Definitely. Definitely. Okay. So I want to go into something a lot more practical and I am wondering what are some of your favorite time management or productivity hacks that you can share with us? Okay. This is going to sound really old fashioned, but honestly,
1: put it on paper and use pencil. It just it, it, if you can erase it, then it doesn't matter if something changes, you can just erase it and you feel a lot better. And so my kids laugh at me. Um, and I know we're on video chat right now. So you yeah. can see me, but I actually have a actual planner and you can see, I have a real number two pencil stuck in there. Yeah. And And it really has changed my life. I thought, you know, oh, I'm going to use the prettiest pens and I'm going to do all of this beautiful stuff and it's going to look Pinterest worthy. Yeah. But that just doesn't work for me. I have to be able to scribble and erase. And honestly, you'd be surprised this day and age how effective the simple act of handwriting can be on our brain function. Because Mm -hmm. if I put it in my phone, it's easy for me to just forget it's there you know, Oh, well, I don't know where that is. Yeah. There's a search bar, but I don't know what I put it under, right? Did I, right. did I put it, did I put it under the, the name of my job? Did it, I put it under the name of the person that I'm meeting with? I don't remember what I put it under. So I don't even know how to begin searching for it. But when we use our hands to hand I physically, write, There's something that happens from the tip of your finger all the way up your arm into your brain that suddenly you, you remember it a little bit better. It just kind of like cements it there. And so what I do is I put everything in my phone, like a normal person. I put Mm -hmm. everything in my phone, whether it's a task or whether it's an appointment or whatever. But then at the beginning of every week, usually on like a Sunday night, I sit down with my planner and I just plan that week. Yeah, Okay. Starting Monday morning, what's it going to look like all the way through the week? And I map it out. Yeah. And it really is so helpful. Now, if you could see, there's a lot of scribbles, there's a lot of (laughs) eraser marks, there's a lot of, oh, that changed. Oh, okay. I'm moving this appointment now because a lot of the things that I do, I'm not in charge of, right? Right. So that's the big, I guess, pet peeve of mine is when you're listening to all these productivity things and you're listening to how to be more effective. It's all, you're in charge, you're in charge. Well, most of us are not in charge of our schedules. We all have a boss, a supervisor, a team, somebody else is driving what time that appointment is or what day that meeting is on. And so we don't always have control of when things change. And so it's, it's all about being flexible. And for me, having a pencil with an
0: eraser just helps me be more flexible. (laughs) I love that. I love that. I am also a paper and pen kind of girl. But pencil, I might have to switch over to exclusively pencil. That would yeah. be really I great. I tried
1: mechanical pencil. That was yeah. kind of my gateway. Like I thought it feels like a pen in my hand. Yeah. But I'm going to be honest, the lead was a little squeaky on the paper and then it would snap. And then if when it gets too teeny tiny, it would just fall out completely.
0: Yeah. So yeah.
1: It's an old fashioned wooden pencil. And I love it. I love it. It could also be because I'm over 40. So those younger listeners, <laughs> try
0: it. You might like it. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Okay, that's perfect. Um, so I'm wondering if you have three essential practices or rhythms for staying on top of everything, because you, like you said in the beginning, have a lot of hats. So how how do you stay on top of all of that? Can you give us a few practices?
1: Yeah. So there's really three things that I do every week. Mm-hmm. I do a brain dump. I do a sort and delegate and then I schedule. And basically that breaks down to a brain dump is probably, if you haven't heard of that term, it's exactly what it sounds like. You literally just put everything in your head on paper. And that is literally everything from, I need to call and make that dentist appointment to here's all the steps that I need to complete that big project that's due on Friday. And it's just everything that you have floating in your head, all those little bits and pieces that you're trying to hold on and remember. I can't remember who it was, it may have been, I think it was Stephen Covey, um, but I could be wrong, but, um, I learned somewhere along the way that your brain is not really meant to be a storage unit. It's really more of a processor. And Mm. so we try to cram so many things into our brain, like a hard drive thinking, okay, I'll remember that. I'll remember that. I'll remember that. But really your brain functions better as a processor, like, okay, the next step, the next step, how do I get to the next step? And so when we put all of that stuff down on paper, it frees, up more processing space in our brain. So I do a brain dump at the beginning of the week. And then I go back down through that list and I sort it out and I delegate it. Is this housework stuff? Okay. In my stage of life, I am blessed with two adult children and a Mm -hmm. teenager. Mm -hmm. And so that means I can delegate a lot of things like dishes, trash, laundry, vacuuming, things like that. I know not everybody's in that season. Young moms, it will come. I -hmm. promise you. Okay. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I promise you, but basically there are some things that I just let go of, you know, and it may not get done to my standards, but it gets done. Right. Okay. Yeah. So you just have to sort and delegate, let some things go because at least it's getting done and the, the standards will come later with practice. So I delegate what I can and I sort the, everything else out. And so then I schedule. And I schedule my tasks just like I would an appointment because the truth is, I think we have like 168 hours in the week. Once you account for time spent sleeping, time spent driving, time spent, you know, grooming, time spent eating, you really only have a few precious hours in the day. And we like to schedule our day with all of our meetings and, you know, appointments and all of that. And we forget, we just think, oh, I'll squeeze this task in later, like calling a dentist, right? But if you don't put it in your calendar, you're always going to run out of time. Your time is going to fill up with all these other things and you're going to get to Friday and you're going to be like, darn, I forgot to call the dentist again this week. Yeah. And so I schedule my tasks just like I would anything else. Like, and if it's a bunch of little things like calling the dentist, I'll just block off an hour on my calendar and say, okay, this is where I'm going to make phone calls. And then I make a list of all of the things I need to call. I need to call the car insurance company. I need to call the dentist. I need to call my boss, blah, 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 blah. Mm -hmm. And so really those are the three essential practices that I do every week. Brain dump, sort and delegate, and then schedule. And it really has helped me keep everything under control. And when you run out of time, when you're writing out and you get to the end of the week and you think, I don't have enough hours this week, go back again and look and say, okay, what can hold off until next week? Yeah. What is it that I can't delegate? I have to do, but it doesn't have to be done in the next five days. Can I bump it to next Monday? Right. And then I do that. I just put it on the next week's calendar and I don't think about it again until Sunday night comes around and I'm planning my week and I'm like, oh. I didn't get to that this last week, so that needs to be priority number one this week. And it's not a perfect system. I'm not a perfect person, but we serve a perfect God who's full of grace and mercy, and Absolutely. so
0: <laughs> somehow everything gets done. And you know, we just keep going. Oh, that is so practical, it's so wonderful. I do something similar, but I think I'm I'm loving the sorting and delegating, and and even like I've done lots of brain dumping, but not at the beginning of every week. So that is really. That's really awesome. Thank you for sharing that. So we're going to wrap up the conversation with just a few closing questions that we're going to be asking all of our guests. And one of them is, what is one resource that has really inspired you in your work? And particularly maybe with time management and planning and that sort of thing.
1: Yeah. So for me, I love accountability groups, or like mastermind groups. I Mm. think those are so great. When we can find a group of like minded people that we can meet together maybe once a month or weekly, if you have the time. And we can talk about these things. Like, listen, this is really a struggle for me. I don't know how I can do this. What are some tips that you have? And basically it's like having this conversation, but with a few people and you do it regularly and you begin to see like, Oh, this is what works for them. Let me try that. And a really easy way to do that is to find something on social media. Facebook has groups and, you know, or Instagram or Pinterest or, wherever it is that you can find like-minded people for me specifically in regards to planning and productivity. I love joining Facebook groups that talk about this stuff because it's a great way to get a lot of resources and learn more about different time management hacks and things like that. And it keeps me accountable because I have people that are like, you know, Hey, what did you get done this week? And I can look back and be like, ooh, I kind of fell into the Netflix dark hole and I didn't get as much done as I wanted. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) You sit there and you think when Netflix asks, are you still watching? And you go, what if my group saw this? I should probably not continue (laughs) watching because I got things to
0: do. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) That's awesome. Okay, and what is one spiritual rhythm or discipline that you love to practice? That's really life-giving for you.
1: Oh, for me... Okay, this is going to sound completely against everything that we just talked about today, but honestly, it's Sabbath. Just stopping and resting. Mm -hmm. Now, because I have so many different things that I do, so many roles that I do, I don't always get a full day in the week, but I really try to block off Monday mornings. And I literally, like when school was in session, I would drop my daughter off at school and I would come home and I would just sit on the couch and pretty much not move until lunchtime. Mm -hmm. And I have learned to absolutely feel no guilt over that because we all need a time of rest. And really, none of us are more productive than God himself who created the world in six days and then he sat and rested for a full day. He could have done so much and he didn't really need the rest. It's not like he was tired, but he did it as an example for us because we need the rest. We need to just let our minds breathe. Now, not everybody can take a Monday morning off, but find a time. Is there a Friday night? Is there a Saturday afternoon? Can you find an hour in each day where you can just sit and do nothing? Don't look at your phone. Maybe read a book that has nothing to do with leadership or nothing to do with productivity, nothing to do with your work. Find a book and just read a real like paper book that doesn't have the blue screen, you know, making your eyes tired. Mm -hmm. Um, Can you have some tea or coffee? Can you call a friend? You know, just something that feeds your soul. And so for me, it's definitely Sabbath. I have to just rest and be recharged that way. Otherwise... It doesn't matter what I write in my planner,
0: nothing's getting done if I'm exhausted. I love that. I love we do Sabbath every week too and I cannot recommend it enough. It is one of the most life-giving, life-changing disciplines that we have implemented into our home. So I'm so glad love that it. you said that. All right, Nikki, thank you so much for being here on the podcast. How can we stay in touch with what you're working on and all the different ministries that you're involved in? Can you tell us where we can find you on social or any of the other projects? Yeah. So probably
1: the easiest way to find me is Nikki stayed and uh, just anywhere on social media, you can find me there. I have a YouTube channel where I talk about productivity hacks and I interview people and talk about like what works best for them in this regard. And so that's a great way to find me, but the easiest way would be to go to allbecauseofhim.com. Mm-hmm. That's kind of my catch all everything lands on that page. And really the, the whole thing behind what i do all that i am and all that i do
0: is all because of him and so i put all of that online and so you can go there oh that's wonderful thank you so much for being with us today i think that this is really going to encourage and bless and equip our listeners and so i'm super grateful for you being here thank you leah it was a pleasure you guys i am so grateful for this episode Refining and defining a plan actually sounds like a lot of fun to me and I, I know I can't be the only one. I love Nikki's intentionality about having a plan that serves all areas of her life and I really hope that you picked up some ideas that could really help your family out and yourself out too. This week's Lab by 68 challenge is to simply ask yourself, have I been intentional about creating a foundation that leads to kingdom building? Are my priorities where they should be right now or do I need to flip some things around? Let us know your thoughts and use the hashtag to encourage others on social media. You can also find me on social at Leah.remple on Instagram. I would love to know that you're listening to the podcast, that you're taking things away, that you're learning something. It'd be really great to connect with you on there. And if you have a moment, we would love if you would subscribe, leave a review, rate the show, hopefully with those five stars. And this will really help the growth of the show. More importantly, though, we really hope that you share this episode with somebody else that could use some encouragement. Next week, we have a very special episode with the most anticipated guests of this year, which is going to be myself and my husband, Caleb. And we're going to be chatting all about our journey to really being intentional with our marriage, having a marriage that is on mission. And we really hope it'll give you some encouragement and some really practical things that you can take away from what we've done to keep Jesus and his kingdom front and center in your relationship. Have a great week, everyone, and remember that you are a kingdom builder. Your voice and your actions, they do matter. And in the words of the prophet Isaiah, we proclaim, here I am, Lord, send me. We'll catch you next week.